0: Ah, another brilliant idea of mine come to life, except the ROYALS DIDN'T DO IT! Good morning, afternoon, evening to all (sighs) you wonderful. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else listening. This is the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast bringing you breaking news and analysis of the Kansas City Royals every Monday as we go through the off season, <sighs> taking some sighs because <sighs> Mondays. I'm just having a f- terrible day. Oh wait, shit, I wasn't supposed. To, oh, so, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to swear. As Fred Durst would say. It's just one of those days. (sighs) Anyway, I'm Lux. That's what I keep telling people anyway. I'm just knocking stuff over on my desk because there's too much stuff on my desk. You can follow me in my desk building adventures at a social media platform that begins with the letter X at the MF and KC. But if you don't care about that at all, other baseball stuff is on at Royal Deluxe Pod when we're not actively doing podcasts, and those only happen once a day. You get an unlimited number of X posts anywhere else. Or whatever. I mean, technically I could do a podcast every day. I did do that at one point. It didn't go well. What I'm going to try to keep the energy up because this episode has some things that I actually want to talk about. Wait a minute! I, I I say that like every week. Oh, I I actually want to talk about. Oh, wow! Look, thank you, Lux, for taking time out of your incredibly busy day to you know spare some time for us to talk about your opinions on the Kansas City Royals. Wow! What a great guy you are. That's uh that's what you sound like. That's what you the, that's what all the comments that I get every single day about this podcast from my uh very large and incredibly loyal fan base. Anyway, I mean. that like actually good things are happening with the Royals right (gasps) oh no that's the alarm I designed to go off for when Aaron Nola signs for another team oh no Aaron Nola signed with another team it's time to let loose my scream of despair for this thing that I totally expected to happen No. Lux, if it makes you feel any better, he was signed for seven years, one hundred seventy-two million, which is actually a couple million less than what you suggested the Royals give him. And it is reported that Nola met with other teams, but turned down more money to remain in Philadelphia. Wait, I thought your role was to tell me things I didn't want to hear. That that that's useful information for me. Thank you. No, your idea was stupid and unrealistic and never going to happen, but I didn't want to kick you while you were down. No, no, this this is fine. I I knew that deep down, but I actually did want to hear this. Bring me my copium. (sighs) Another one. Another one. What you're telling me is that there is no evidence to suggest that the Royals didn't make an offer for Aaron Nola. That's all I need to know. All this being said, the Royals actually did acquire a pitcher. No, wait. The Royals actually acquired two pitchers. Oh, say it ain't so, Mr. Lux. That's right. I'm not joshing you. They also... Tender Josh Taylor contract So I guess I am joshing you in that way But before we get into that The Royals acquired Two different pitchers both from the Atlanta Braves for some reason uh, The Braves had like a massive roster Turnover over there Nicky Lopez is going to play for the White Sox now Okay whatever I have no strong feelings about that I just hate the White Sox but I love you Nicky Lopez it's, it's okay we can still be friends Anyway The Royals have acquired a reliever by the name of Nick Anderson from the Atlanta Braves. Anderson is originally a Marlins guy then went to the Rays and guess what happens when you go to the Rays, you basically die. He, he didn't have a it's weird. He had an elbow injury. He had a procedure, it was like a it was a UCL brace surgery or something like that. So he didn't get Tommy John, but he did miss all of 2022 20, 20, 20, 20, 22, 22 uh and then Also missed quite a bit of 2021 as well. He really hasn't pitched that much in the majors, but last year for the Braves, he did throw 35.1 innings and then was uh, shut down. Uh, basically when July started for a shoulder injury, some kind of shoulder issue. It's just listed as a right shoulder strain, but it did shut him down for the second half of the season, essentially. But when he did pitch 3.06 ERA in 35 appearances, he made one save, uh, so there's that. Um, And a a fielding independent pitching of 3.09 Overall, like, I like his numbers, honestly. Like, this is a solid reliever that the the Royals got right here. He's a righty um, uh, in a strikeout-to-walk ratio of exactly 4, doesn't get hit a whole lot, has a whip of 1.1. Like, this is a solid reliever that they got right here. The only issue is that he's got an injured shoulder, And that could maybe not be a good thing down the line. But listen, the Royals acquired this guy for cash. So they essentially made a one-sided trade right here. They didn't give anything up for him, nothing significant. I mean, it is nice that the Royals and their huge wealth of, you know, stadium funding can now help support these poverty franchises like the Atlanta Braves financially in return we seem to have a pretty solid option out of the bullpen should he be able to pitch next season cash trades you know again gave up gave up nothing for him if it turns out that this guy is a bum and he can't throw anymore cuz his shoulder is like I, I don't know like all the cartilage in it has rotted you know it's whatever it's no big deal but Solid move by the Royals, but that's not all. But wait, there's more. They also made another trade, basically at the same time, with the Atlanta Braves, acquiring Kyle Wright for Jackson Kowar. It's over, folks. The Jackson Kowar era has come to a permanent end in Kansas City. The, what, 33rd overall pick is no longer with us. The the worst pitcher in Major League history for a time is not here anymore. And, uh, yeah, whatever happens with him, Godspeed. Instead, the Royals acquired Kyle Wright. Now, Jackson Coar, we know who he is. Not very good. He had maybe some flashes of something late in the season. Um, he did have an undefeated record, so you know there's that. Good for him in his two and O record, but yeah, he was the he was a non tender candidate. This is all why this is this is why this is all happening. Teams were finalizing the forty man rosters before the Rule Five draft. Um, and actually, as a, as a side note for that, since I brought this up last time, Logan Porter was designated for assignment as well as Austin Cox. Um, Austin Cox was probably going to be safe on the roster anyway because he's got a torn knee, so he's probably not even going to pitch in 2024, but he was brought back, and same with Logan Porter. They had signed minor league deals, so they are still with the Royals, and uh, there were a couple others, I believe. Uh, they were diego hernandez center fielder who was looking pretty like, he, he was uh, he was on the 40 man roster like going into 2023 and then had a big injury in spring training and that basically wiped out most of his season so that was pretty unfortunate but he's still with the organization as well as luis sessa they signed a minor league deal with luis sessa a righty reliever honestly not good so don't like take don't invest too much stock in this you might not ever hear about this guy he'll be around for spring training i'm sure but nothing too promising this is just you know one of those depth moves i guess but back to you know the the trade at hand trading Jackson Kowar, you know obviously we didn't get that much in return right all we did is get a guy who <clears throat> led the majors in wins in 2022 and placed 10th in the Cy Young voting. 180 innings pitched, 3.19 ERA. That's who we got for Jackson Kowar right there. <laughs> now, you may have uh, if you're if you're paying attention, if you're listening to this podcast with your ears, you may have noticed that I said that 2022. That's what he did in 2022. What did he do in 2023? 6.97 ERA 31 innings pitched 5.19 FIP 8 1.8 WHIP mm. So we only threw 31 innings and then he went um Actually he went so he missed most of the season generally seeming for some for some kind of shoulder issue it looks like he did pitch in September like he pitched the end of the season essentially and then went out officially. um it's said that he has a shoulder strain but he's also getting surgery for it. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I told you my social medias. Feel free to cyber-bully me about this. But a shoulder strain, I don't think, is usually something you get surgery for. So, the catch of this trade is that he is not going to pitch in 2024. At all. Kyle Wright will miss the 2024 season. Jackson Kowar will not, most likely. So, basically... Braves and Royals swapped some guys that they weren't really planning on carrying into the next season. Anyway, yeah. But here's the thing. That's exactly why I like this trade. We weren't going to we were going to drop Coar anyway. He was going to be non-tendered. So, getting any kind of return for him, literally any kind of return for him is a W in my opinion. And I know that Kyle Wright is not going to pitch in 2024, and that is unfortunate, but I still appreciate this trade because it's not like he's going to be a free agent after 2024. It's not like they you know, acquired Brandon Woodruff, who's probably going to miss all of 2024, and then immediately become a free agent. He's got two years of control. so uh, Technically, he's got three years of control starting in 2024, so he'll come back in 2025 and then have another year after that. So that's essentially what the, the, the Royals have kind of kicked this can down the curb. Or that's usually like a negative sort of thing. Basically, let's put it this way: the Royals are doing something that I think a lot of us are expecting anyway, which is that which what they're doing is they're kind of conceding that 2024 is not going to be the year. I, I mean, they're going to make an attempt. They're they're going to put in some kind of effort to field a, at least a better team than in 2023. I'm sure, I I'm fully confident that they will spend at least some notable amount of money in free agency. They're not going to have another winter where they're like, all right, we we, we brought in uh, Jordan Lyles. We re-signed Zach Krenke. We got some random dude named Ryan goddamn Yarbrough and then a uh, reliever with domestic violence allegations or something. And then and then and then call it a day. All right, stop bothering us. We signed guys. They're going to do a bit, at least a bit better than that this winter. I'm confident that they will do that. But realistically, they're looking at themselves and they're saying, "We lost 106 games in 2023. We're most likely not going to have a playoff caliber turnaround next season. If if that, if that happens, then that's awesome. That will be fantastic. None of us will complain. All right. And I'm sure they're hoping for that as well. But it's like they, they they were talking about with the pitching that we have right now. They're like, yes, we have Brady Singer, we have Daniel Lynch, and we'll have Chris Bubich eventually. Like, we have all these guys. We have Alec Marsh. We have these guys that we're confident in, that we believe in, but we can't just take that as a given. We can't take this for granted. It hasn't been working. This has not led to more wins for the team. Something else needs to be done. That being said... 2024, probably not going to be the year they're probably going to say, all right, we're going to, we're we're at least going to, we think we can win 70 games this season. If we can win 80 games, that'll be a huge success. 2025, however, that I think is the year that they're really going to look at and say, all right, it's go time. And that's also kind of why I think they will make some kind of notable free agent moves this winter. Because you don't want to, you know, catch, you don't want to play catch up later on for when you think you actually do need to compete. Lots of guys, when they, you know, signed a new teams, they don't really have a great first year. I mean, look at Corey Seager, his first year with the Rangers in 2022. I mean, it was like a it was a solid year. But it wasn't, you know, the the, the world-ending year that he had in 2023. You know, guys take a year to kind of build up, uh, I guess, get used to a new environment, and then they go off. Marcus Simeon was ex- exactly the same, kind of had a down year for his standards in 2022. Then, this year, all right, time to go. So I think the Royals, it really would benefit the Royals to sign some guys to multi-year deals this year if they plan on competing in 2025. One of the reasons why I really wanted Aaron Nola on this team. <sighs> Mondays, am I right? In a small, twisted sense, in a kind of warped sense, that that is what they've done right here. They acquired a guy that you know they're not expecting anything of in 2024, but 2025 they're thinking, all right, yeah, th- this is when things are going to, this is when things are going to, you know, we're going to need him in 2025, so we got him for 2025. And I like that. I like the upside of this trade, and I like the upside for the future. Maybe not the immediate future, but down the line when we do hopefully expect things to be you know, better. I really do think 2025 is going to be the year. I think that's the year that JJ Piccolo was kind of targeting. I think that's the year that John Sherman was targeting because think of it this way. There should be no reason why a team can't turn things around within three years, as, as bad as they are. I mean, I, I keep saying this. I think that the Royals could be the Arizona Diamondbacks of 2021 when they lost 110 games, you know, and then they went to the World Series just two seasons later. I think I think Sherman has been operating on these three-year timetables. Like, he took over the team in 2019, looked at it and said, all right, I'm going to give this some time, I'm going to give it three years. And it actually seemed like things were progressing a bit slowly, but still progressing in 2020 and 2021. Then 22, it all fell apart. Everything went backwards. It's like, okay, nope, this isn't this isn't this isn't going well. Next guy up, you've got three years essentially. So first year, yeah, things are bad, but he he he's working on it. He he's, he's I think that some things have been done well over this last season. Year two, we'll see. Year three. That's going to be the real test. So I like that they got an upside guy for 2025. And I mean, if if that isn't what happens, if this doesn't work out so well, you know what? You traded Jackson Kowar for him. What's the worst that could happen? I see some people be like, oh, Jackson Kowar is going to win a Cy Young with the Braves. You know what? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Why not? And... He wasn't gonna win of Cy Young with the Royals, so what does it matter? What? Is the option to keep him? No, you'd hate that. You'd be if we went into next season going, oh, why they why like, like I saw, I saw someone saying, like, oh, this is gonna be Ryan her in 2.0. It's like, yes, he's gonna be good with another team, and then you're gonna be looking at the royals like, why ain't you keep him? What are you doing? Are you stupid or something? Koror had to go. Whatever happens to him happens. What matters is what happens with Kyle Wright. Now there is one thing. Kind of uh, to, you know, really note about Kyle Wright. I am talking about the upside, and I do do really like the upside with this, but there is a very important thing to note, and it's that he has a shoulder injury. And uh, apparently an injury severe enough that it requires surgery. Now, a shoulder injury... It's arguably, you know what, it might not even be arguably. It might just generally be worse than a Tommy John surgery. Like like Tommy John nowadays, it's like they replace the ligament like the alternator of your car. <laughs> it, it just goes in and then it works again. It's just, it, it's fine. A shoulder injury, you don't replace shoulders. That thing's got an issue And it's just going to have that issue Probably forever I mean, I don't know Surgery can repair things and all It's not like it's going to be permanently Whatever it is But still, it, it is cause for concern And I'm sure the Royals understand that But look, like I said They traded Jackson Kowar for him, okay? Like, what are they really giving up? The Royals saw an opportunity to acquire a guy who placed 10th in the Cy Young a couple of years ago. You might as well go after it if the cost is Jackson Kowar. I see this as low-risk, high-upside. And I mean high-upside. So... I love this move by the Royals, and this is the kind of move that I feel like we all encourage them to make. Just trade your excess goods, if you if you want to call Jackson Coar excess goods, a guy you weren't planning on using anyway, a guy you were going to move on from because he isn't good anymore, and just get someone with potential, get someone with upside. It could be nothing, sure, but you're giving up nothing. It's like what I was saying towards the end of the season with the waiver wire kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you know what? Odds are none of these are going to turn into anything. But if, if if there is the possibility that he can turn into something and really help the team, you take that chance. So this is the Royals taking that chance. The chance is that, you know, he'll come back in 2025 spring training and show that he can't throw a strike because his shoulder's messed up. And it's like, OK, well, you know, we tried. Good effort. And there's also the chance that he can come back and be one of the best pitchers in the American League, just like he was in 2022. Except he pitched in the National League, and that's a, that's a chance worth taking, if you're the Royals and you know you really don't have a whole lot of options as it is right now. The Braves, meanwhile, they're a good team. I think they're trying to maximize their talent. That's why they got rid of like 20 guys on their 40-man over the last week or so. Yeah, they had a again they had a massive roster turnover. Their their 40-man roster went down to 30. That's insane, man. So, uh, I don't know. That's how they do things over there. I'm uh, really happy with this outcome. I'm I'm really liking these two trades by the Royals. So, looking forward to what happens with either of these guys. Oh, do you hear that, everybody? Wow, look at that. There are so many new sites being considered for the Royal Stadium that it's turning into a Smash Brothers meme. Whoa, isn't that cool and exciting? So, uh, two months after the Royals said that they were going to finalize the site for their cool downtown stadium or whatever, they have decided that not only have they not decided on a site, but they have actually added another one. Man, they sure are good at this. So the KC Star has reported that the old KC Star building... I wonder if this is a coincidence, actually. Maybe not. But in any case, uh, so the KC Star building, the old one that is now vacated in downtown, it's now being looked at as a potential site for the Royals' downtown stadium. I shouldn't say it's now being looked at it because it actually has already been, you know, in consideration, in fact, Casey Starr reported on this earlier this year, um, as like one of the along with like the Clay County site and East Village and all that. And it looked like the Royals were just kind of like not into that idea, but it looks like that might be changing. It seems like the Royals are a bit more serious and they're looking at this a little bit more intently, they might be more open to the idea of putting their stadium where the KC Star building used to be. And personally, I actually kind of hope it's right there. You know, considering all the options, personally, this one is my favorite. Putting the stadium where the KC Star building used to be, not only do I... It just makes the most sense to me, frankly. Like, East Village... It's like, whatever, there's nothing there as it is, which, you know, obviously the Royals want to change. But you want to talk about a stadium that can exist in the city and can help, you know, boost activity in the downtown area and also feel like part of the city itself. There. There you go. It's right there. It's next to Power and Light. It's next to Crossroads. Like, it's in the city itself. And something I also like about it is that this could probably kind of slide right into another pretty important project that is going on downtown which is the South Loop project. This is a project that has been proposed and is already at least partially funded to build a park over I-670, a part of it's like a, it's a 4 acre park that'll be above I-70. So kind of think of like Bartle Hall. Imagine imagine them just like building that but it's not a building it's just a park it's just a space that people can go to walk around hang out in it's just a nice little place so this is a 200 million dollar project although I think the last thing I read was that it's increased a bit to like 230 million dollar project that has been proposed I don't know what you know is like currently going on with it or how else it's going to be funded this report that I am reading from Casey Starr uh, said that it's already been, you know, partially funded. It still needs one hundred million dollars in funding. Um, some of it's federal funding that they got. Some of it's eighteen million in private support, uh, twenty-eight million in federal funding. So yeah, so it's still kind of a a battle to get this actually going. But I mean, this is where the Royals can kind of swoop in and say, hey. We'll fund this because we think that this could be a cool little feature around our park. See, the big thing about this is that... The reason why they're saying this the, a new stadium will cost $2 billion is because the stadium itself will cost a billion, and that's what they say they'll cover. Like, the, 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 the team themselves, John Sherman, is like, we have a billion dollars. We have the money to build a new stadium. We can do it. The other billion that we're expecting everybody else to pay for is for the stuff around the stadium, which is just kind of vaguely listed as houses, um, ha- housing, hotels, and offices, and whatever crapola. So thing is, this Casey star location, they don't have to build stuff over there. <laughs> There's already stuff there that exists, so they don't need to spend a billion dollars building new crap. It's done. it's It's done for them. Maybe they can put that money into the South Loop project, and I'll tell you this. I think that if you you know put this up to the public and they say, "Hey, hey, public, hey people." fund this uh, south loop thing for us fund this park for for us that's probably going to be a lot more favorable because the south loop project it's not a it's not a business it's not a corporation it's just a city quality of life thing i mean there might be some business aspect tied into it but it's not like a thing that exists where you you, you you go to this, and it's not going to be like a, a stadium where you have to pay money to get into it, okay? It's not, it's not a business. That's the thing. And people don't want to pay for businesses to exist. People don't want their tax dollars to go into businesses because they already use their tax money on businesses as it is. Does that make sense? Did I just make sense at all? We're already paying for these businesses. We're already paying for the royals by going to their stadium and consuming their product. So why should we have to pay money for the product to exist in the first place? That's kind of the argument against all this public funding sort of thing. But if you say that, oh, it's going to a park that'll make the city nicer to to, to be in, to be a part of that's a bit more interesting that's a that's an idea that i think people would be more open to and if the royals decide that they want to kind of make this project part of their stadium i think people will be more open to that because you actually see the vision of this you actually know what this is going to be like as opposed to the royals saying oh we'll we'll just put some buildings around the stadium and housing offices and hotels yep that's that's what it is like what what does that mean what what stuff Do I get a say in what stuff can be there? I don't know. So with this new, with, with with the KC Star site, I'm seeing more of a vision here. And I really am a lot more enthusiastic about this location than any other, frankly. It just makes more sense. It's probably going to be less expensive for us, for us as people. And I say us vaguely because I always say this. I don't live in Missouri, so, you know, I'm not going to be the one who is taxed on this. But I will say, as a Kansas City enjoyer myself, I think that this is just a, a, a better place for a, for a stadium to be. Now, there is a big problem with this, and maybe this is why the Royals weren't so open to this earlier, and it's basically what I said about how there's already stuff around this area. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, it's not like this Casey Star building is uh small enough where you can put an entire baseball stadium in place of it. No, th- there are things around this building. Th- th- this is a part of th- this is the part uh, this is the, this is a part of the city that already has stuff there, and so putting a stadium over here, it's going to have to knock suf- some stuff down. That's the issue. That's the complication, and that's you know what's been acknowledged by the people who have you know proposed this idea to the Royals, the ones who are kind of leading this is like, hey, we want we want the stadium over here." That is the issue, and it's not exa- it's not like you know the, the Royals can just walk up to all these you know businesses or whatever else is over there and say, "Hey, uh, we're putting our stadium here, leave out. I mean, you can't exactly do that. Uh, So, how exactly this land could be acquired, that could be an issue. That might drive up the cost a little bit. I still don't think it's going to cost as much as, you know, constructing an entire ballpark village from scratch. But it is, you know, the biggest issue with this one site. And I will say, personally, I really hope that the Truman isn't part of this uh, site over here. The Truman is a small-ish venue that is right around that area. Like, any time I go to a show at this place, I I walk by the KC Star Building. So it's only a block or two away. And, I don't know, I'm just enthusiastic about live music, and KC has had a... You know, it it, it suffered some heavy losses with the pandemic and all over the last few years. So really don't want to lose more live music venues. That's what I'm trying to say. So I hope that that wouldn't be affected. That's kind of what's weighing my opinion on this. I'm enthusiastic about it, but then if I hear that venue is going under because they're putting the stadium there, it's like... "Hmm, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe they can rebuild it in East Village or whatever. Maybe maybe JE Dunn can be like, alright, we'll take the stuff that exists around this place and around South Loop and we'll just put it in East Village. That's that's how we fix it. That's how we uh, I don't know. That's how we solve the issue. I don't know. Um it is pretty ridiculous that we're, you know, still kind of having a debate about which site it should be in when the Royals said that they were gonna decide this themselves already. You know, I think that this is the Royals conceding. Kind of saying the word conceding a lot in this episode. I think that they're conceding that the ballot isn't happening in April. It, it's just not going to happen. And I think that we've suge- I think we've all been kind of uh suspecting that. I have certainly said on this podcast. I don't think it's happening in April. It's just they're just, they're just too far behind schedule for this to happen. This whole process has been so complicated and frankly confusing for the average person or even the people who know a lot more than we do that i i just don't see it happening i just don't see them getting it onto the ballot on time and i'm sure that they wanted it in april because i'm i, I would assume the next opportunity they can have a public vote on it on it would be the fall elections in 2024 which is when we decide a new president or not. I'm sure they didn't want to interfere with that. I'm sure they wanted to have, you know, basically that be the most important thing on the ballot. The most important thing that people were going to the polls for. But, uh, looks like that's not going to happen. Maybe they'll also say, okay, well, we don't want to, you know, get our stadium campaign caught up with the presidential campaigns and all that. So maybe we'll push this off until 2025. I mean, there's not even really it's not like the Royals need to exercise some kind of urgency outside of, you know, the the April ballot, which at this point they've missed. I feel like they've missed, and I think that this is I feel like them considering another site instead of just settling for what they already have, is them saying, Alright, we're not gonna get it done. Let's just let's just take our time with this now, because we still got the Truman complex until twenty thirty one. There's not there's no like point in rushing this, essentially. I mean the other reason for urgency was that they wanted this in 2026. Like, like I don't remember when this was said, but they said a while ago they were optimistic that they could have the stadium built in 2026, which is when we're going to have the World Cup. So I'm sure they wanted to be part of that in some kind of way. I mean, that is definitely not going to happen. They would have had to start building that thing a year ago at this point. So, yeah, no way. Um, so I don't know. There's no, like, reason to rush. I think the Royals maybe now can just be like, alright, let's just Let's just chill out, take our time with it, and let's do this right. Because that's all anybody wants from us, frankly. That's all we've been asking them for, frankly. To stop, like, just stop stop screwing around. Just say, just have a clear vision of what you want and a clear plan of how you're going to do this. Okay? Maybe they can do that. And I, I think the South Loop site or whatever you want to call it, I think that's much more of a clear idea than... East Village, where they're essentially just starting something from scratch and saying, hey, we want a billion dollars for it. Okay, well, I don't have a billion dollars, so you're going to have to ask someone else, frankly. So, personally, I'm looking at this optimistically. I'm hoping that this is ultimately the site that will happen, although I don't want them to tear down the businesses that already exist that I kind of like. And uh, I also really like the two trades that the Royals made over this past weekend. I think that some good things are happening with the Royals. I'm looking forward to them. And I think that's all I've got today. Yeah, not, not a whole lot to talk about, but you know what? That's just what happens in the off season sometimes. Hopefully next week we'll have a bit more to talk about. There are lots of uh, interesting free agents around. Free agency will officially start, or I guess maybe it has officially started. I guess it has or something, whatever, if it hasn't started already, it will this week, and uh, this could also include lots of interesting guys that were cut from 40-man rosters, minor league free agents, and all that kind of stuff, so whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there, I'll uh, try to get another episode out next week, see you then, until then... Keep up with me at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter for other baseball content and analysis as it happens, and also at the MFNKC for things that I am up to personally, which is usually. Not a whole lot. Make sure you're subscribed and following this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And if you have a moment, I would appreciate it if you rated it, reviewed it, told me what you thought about it. You can send further inquiries to royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you for whatever it is. How do you feel about these new, this new site option? Do you, do you think it's going to happen in the South Loop? Do you think it's still going to be in like... East Village. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll still be downtown no matter what. I don't really think the North Kansas City option was really that serious. How do you feel about these royal trades that they've made over the past weekend? Do you like them? Do you think Jackson Kowar is going to be a stud for Atlanta? Whatever it is, feel free to tell me, but if you don't do any of that, you know what? No hard feelings. I love you all the same. And I appreciate that you took time out of your day to listen to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. I hope you're going to have a good one today. Have a good week, everybody. See you around. Until then, I've been Lux, and go Royal!